once again, good morning. And um, Happy New Year to everyone. Before I start my sermon, I would um, ask the church to pray because um, I was a little bit tired, you know, and mentally, physically, but I just, I have been struggling to have a good sleep the past few weeks. Um, yeah, so I pray that today um, nothing will um, interrupt the sermon, and I just pray that God can give, us, give me a clear mind as I deliver the message. You know, today um, I wanted to share something which I believe it is re- relevant to each of us. I'm not going to share about New Year resolution because <laughs> I know many uh, from my friend, many of them say, oh, I, they don't make New Year resolutions. So what's the point of sharing today, right? <laughs> but uh, I think the sermon today is about um, my own personal experience, what has happened um, the past few weeks. And I hope this message will really deepen um, our relationship with God. And uh, of course, before we go into the message, let's once again ask the Lord through prayer. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for this Sabbath day where we can come to you. You promised us that we can come to you to get rest and we can lay all our burden. And Father, I pray that you may cleanse us from all our sin as you promised in the Bible. And I ask that as we listen to your word today, that you can speak to our heart and our mind may be changed and may your spirit can move upon us and transform us this moment. Thank you, Father, for hearing and use me, Father, today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let me start by asking a question. Um, This is only relevant to those who are married and if you are single, you are still free to answer this question. What is the first important element or quality that must exist between husband and wife in order to have a long-lasting marriage? All right, so those who are married or those who are engaged or those who know a little bit about marriage, you are free to answer. Tell me, so what are the first few qualities that is important to have a long-lasting marriage? Sorry? Sorry, what did you say? Okay, communication. I'm looking for a, a certain quality, like, for example, like love. Honesty, okay. What else? Trust. Who say that? Many people say trust, all right? What else? What else? <laughs> Self-sacrifice. Good. All right. Um, well, today, my focus is really on trust. And I believe that this trust is really important in relationship, not only between friend and friend, between um, you know, human, spouses, but really trust is needed even in our relationship with God. Amen? And will the lack of trust in any relationship be long-lasting and genuine? What do you think? No, right? I want to give you an example uh, of how trust really function. Now, recently, my friend, I'm not sure whether you have the same experience, but I believe you do. My friend asked me for uh, money. All right? <laughs> Anyone can relate to that? You have a friend that asks you for money? So he asked me 50 ringgit. He asked me, hey, Peter, can you borrow me 50 ringgit? It's not a really big amount, 
Um, but without, without second thought, I agreed. And in fact, I told him, you know what, I'm going to give you 100 ringgit instead of 50. So I, I gave him 50 ringgit more than what he asked because I trusted him. I knew that he's going to pay me back. And so there was a, a quote by Derek Prince. He once said, faith establishes a personal relation and unbelief destroy it. So what is faith? Faith is, can someone tell me what is faith for you? What is the definition of faith? What is faith? Now we have been talking, we have, you know, faith is a really common word, right? We grew up in a church. Um, if we believe in God or we are a religious person, we often hear this word faith. But what, is, what really is faith? What is the definition for you? Trust, right? Now, well, in the Bible um, dictionary online, it says faith is confidence and or trust in a particular system or of religious belief. So really, it's a confidence and trust in a religious belief. Now, do you know that there's a difference between confidence, um, between belief and trust? What is the difference between belief and trust? Or believe in confidence. Now, I can, I believe, I can believe on something. This, what, it, what I call that as a head knowledge, right? I believe this is true. But when I say I have confidence, when I have trust in a certain things, it's really I'm putting weight on it. I'm relying on that thing. Can you see the difference? I believe it, but I might not rely on it. I know it's true, but I'm not acting on it. But when I have trust on certain things, I'm really giving everything that I have. I lean on it. I put weight on it. There is a difference between faith and belief. Now, I believe that unbelief is one of our biggest problems in our time. Even from the time of Adam, our first parent, until right now. And Satan knew if he can destroy our faith in God, he will have a better chance to destroy us eternally. Do you agree? This is what he has been doing from time to time. Really, what he's trying to do is really to make our relationship, make us further away from God. That is his ultimate goal, to get us. I want you to open your Bible to um, the first story that can be found in the book. Oh, I thought this is a Bible. It's a hymn. So, <laughs> Let me use my phone instead. If you have your Bible, go to Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1. And now if you are there in Genesis chapter 3, I want you to say amen. All right? All right, Genesis 3, verse 1. The Bible says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, had God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Who is this serpent? It was Satan, right? So Satan was speaking through the serpent. And who was the serpent speaking to? So the serpent is speaking to, was speaking to Eve, right? And so he asked a really interesting question. The serpent asked, Had God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now what do you think? If you are Eve, what would you think? Obviously, yeah. God's, God said we, we cannot eat. We can eat of all the, of the tree, but we cannot eat the, tree of the, the fruit of this tree. 
So what is Satan doing right now? He was insinuating doubt in the mind of Eve because God clearly said that they should not, they can eat of all the trees in the garden except the tree of the good, of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, when Satan used the word had God said, he's suggesting that if the God does not man what he said, to put it into a simpler term, Satan is saying, did God really say you cannot eat of this tree? I, want, I will further explain, all right? Now, think of a moment. Why would Satan say, had God said ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden, instead of, had God said ye shall not eat of the fruit of this tree, right? What is Satan trying to do? He wants to get Eve to eat the fruit. But why he asked the question, which is the opposite? Have you thought about that? Say, why would Satan put an extra effort to ask the question, which is the opposite? Let's continue reading in verse 2 and 3. All right, this is Eve's response. The Bible says, And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. So Eve was correct. You know, she, she repeated the very commandment which is from God, which is not to, not to eat of the fruit, but you can freely eat of all the fruits in a garden. But I want you to imagine um, a situation right, right now. Just imagine you're at Eve's situation. And after she answered the question, the second thought followed. Imagine Eve was speaking to herself in her mind. So Eve respond, yeah, God said we can eat of all the tree of the garden. And imagine Eve would tell herself, why would God not allow me to eat this tree, uh, the fruit of this tree, right? Why would God forbid me from eating this fruit? After all, he has given me the permission, right? If you were to look at um, Alawai quote, this is what she said, which is very interesting. Alawai says, this is, the, this is basically after um, when Eve was at the, the tree. And so Eve was looking at the fruits. And Alawai says, the fruit was very beautiful. And she questioned with herself, why God have withheld it from them? And now it's Satan's chance. As though as Satan can read her mind. As Eve was reasoning in herself, why would God have given her permission to eat all the fruits would forbid her from eating the fruit of this tree. And Genesis 3, verse 4 and 5, let's continue reading. The Bible says, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in a day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. So now Satan is introducing Eve, the ideas, if you were to eat these fruits, you will get into a more exalted sphere of existence. And in fact, matter of fact, let's look at um, this quote. Um, let me see. So this is the conversation that Satan had with Eve. He says, by partaking of this tree, Satan told Eve that he declared they would attain to a more exalted sphere of existence and enter a broader field of knowledge. Right? Knowledge... After you eat the fruit, you will have the knowledge of good and evil. 
And he, which is referring to Satan himself, had eaten of the forbidden fruits, and as a result, had acquired the power of speech. And he insinuated that the Lord jealously desired to withhold it from them, lest they should be exalted to equality with himself. Can you see what is Satan is trying to say here? Because Satan said, when you eat this fruit, you shall be as God's. And the reason why God do not want you to eat this fruit is because God is afraid. You will be like Him. You will be equal like Him. And you will, be in, you will um, live in the exalted fear of existence. This is something that Satan is suggesting. And let's continue reading. And he, let's read. Where's the laser? Here. It was because of these wonderful properties imparting wisdom and power that he had, God had prohibited them from tasting or even touching it. The tempter intimidated that the divine warning was not to be actually fulfilled. It was designed merely to intimidate them. What is Satan trying to do right, right now, right at that moment? He's trying to destroy if faith in God. Let's keep on reading. How could it be possible for them to die? Now, what did God say? God said, thou shalt not eat of it, right? Because in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And notice what the Satan said. How could it be possible for them to die? Direct contrary to what God said. Had they not eaten of the tree of life? God had been seeking to prevent them from reaching a nobler development and finding a greater happiness. You know, I would imagine when Eve were looking at the fruits, talking to the serpent. And after the serpent hear Eve answer, where she said, we shall not eat, neither shall we touch it. I would imagine a serpent would pluck the fruits and drop it on the hands of Eve. And Eve was holding and looking at the apple, not apple, <laughs> I don't know what kind of fruit was that, but I imagine Eve, Eve was looking at the fruit. Hey, I'm still alive. And the serpent was right. I might not die. And why would God prevent me from eating this fruit? Could the devil be right? Could it be because God do not want me to be equal with me? That God do not want me to have a greater happy, happy experience? Such has been the other quote. The next quote she said, Such has been Satan's work from the days of Adam to when? The present, which is now. And he has pursued it with great success. He tempts man to distrust what? God's love and to doubt his wisdom. Does the voice of Satan still ringing today? You know, God forbid us from doing a certain things that he said we cannot do. It is because he's preventing us from finding a greater happiness. This is what Satan is trying to tell us now. Oh, God don't want you to do a certain thing. He don't want you to eat a certain food because he don't want you to experience a greater happiness. If I ask you what is the cause of the fall of Eve, what would be the answer? It was what? It was doubt. Or rather we put a word which is unbelief. And notice what she continues to say, which is very interesting. She 
she's saying Eve really believed the words of who? Satan. But her belief did not save her from the penalty of sin. She believed she disbelieved the words of God, and this was what led to her fall. Why do I want to share this story with you? Because this has been Satan's um, tactic all the time. He used doubt, he created doubt in us to cause a distance between us from God. Because ultimately, when we stop believing in God, we will fall. And that is what Satan is trying to, to, to see in our life. And that is what I've experiencing the past few weeks. And I believe, as I shared with you, that you will be encouraged, as well as myself. And let's go to another Bible passages. Now, the children of Israel is another example of how unbelief jeopardized their relationship with God. And if you have your Bible, open to the book of Psalms. Psalm 78, verse 11 to 14. Psalm 78, 11 to 14. This is another example. How unbelief can eventually lead to death. <clears throat> are you there in Psalm 78? All right, if you are there, let me know by saying amen. All right, Psalm 78, uh, 78, verse 11. The Bible says, And they forget his work and his, one, and his wonders that he has showed them. Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers, in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through. And he made the waters to stand as an heap. In the daytime also he led them with a cloud and all the nights, with the lights of fire. So the, the Bible says that they forgot his work, whose work? It was God's work. So God led the Israelite out of Egypt. He opened the Red Sea. He put a cloud of, he put a, a, a clouds in the daytime and a pillar of fire at night to warn them. But what did the Bible says? They forgot the work of God. You know, our experience is sometimes like the children of Israel, right? We are crossing over the river Jordan, and we are now in this so-called wilderness. So we are in this wilderness. We are in, on a journey to the heavenly Canaan land, and we are going to cross over the Jordan. And yet many times, when we face challenges, just like the Israelite, we forgot his word. And not only we forgot, often a time, we choose to complain and murmur. And we choose to cherish and believe because of the circumstance of life. When there's no food, the children of Israel complain. There's no water, they complain. Right? When they lose a war, they blame God. <laughs> Just like... Likewise, when our physical need is being challenged, do we murmur like the children of Israel? You know, one of my challenges, my greatest challenge was the care of my family. Maybe those who um, knew me for a longer time know that my family has not been doing, has not always been doing well financially, but praise the Lord, still good. God is still good. And my parents is going through another way of challenges um, the past few weeks. You know, there's even a point where I told God, 
Say, Lord, I'm tired of this life. I'm having enough stress in our work, in my work, my life, my future, and now I have extra stress for my parents. And it became so bad to a point where I don't want to talk to God. It was so depressed. It was so I was so upset. I told God, you know what? That's it. I just want to rest right now. And um, I was so depressed at the moment. I had no motivation to do anything, you know. I just feel like staying at home, doing nothing. I was really, really upset for all the stresses and all the challenges and all the external factors that presses upon me. And um, many times I realized, you know, God helped me. But I think the last week I realized, you know, many times when I have problems, I tend to blame God. But I didn't realize that He did a lot of miracles and marvelous things in my life previously, right? Is that true? We tend to focus on the bad things, right? Even in our marriage, in our relationship, right? We never remember what our friend did to us. We never remember when is the time when our friend treated us a meal. We only remember how he treated us badly, right? And that is so true, even our, between our relationship with God. The first thing we, when there's bad thing happen, we blame God. But what I want to tell you is that when we are at the greatest challenges of our life, instead of choosing to distance away from God, I think that is a moment where we need him the most. But yes, Satan, he's very smart. He will always ring in, he will always sow doubt and unbelief in your mind. And many of times we buy into his word and he, we buy into Satan's trap. Let's continue reading in Psalm 78 verse 18. Psalm 78 and verse 18. The Bible says, and they the children of Israel tempted God in their hearts and asking me for their lust. Yea, they, they spake against God. They say, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Behold, he smote the rock that the water gushed out and the stream overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for his people? When the children of Israel have no food, did God provide them food? He did. How? He ran manna every day. When there's no water, what did God do? He brought water even after the rock, right? Let's continue reading. Therefore the Lord heard this and was rough. So a fire was kindled against Jacob and anger also came up against Israel because they believed not in God and trusted not in his salvation. What is their problem? And I believe that when we read these passages, it will really apply to us. God did provide for them, but really what was their problem? Why would they still murmur and complain? Let's continue reading. Though he had commanded the cloud from above and opened the doors of heaven and rained down what? Manna unto, upon them to eat and had given them of the corn of heaven Man did eat angels' food. He sent them meat to the full. So when they have a need, when they need food, God did provide and God satisfied the need. But they complain. They say, we want the meat of Egypt. We want the Egyptian food. We remember the garlic, the leeks, 
the meat, the hot pot of the Egyptian. What was really their problem? They confused between the need and the want. Did God supply their needs? Yes. But what are they complaining for? They're complaining God for not giving them what they want. Do you see the problem? As I was reading these passages, I was thinking in my mind, could that be my problem as well? That I confuse between the wants and the need. God did provide what I need. He sent mana, He sent me food. And everything that I needed was provided. Why am I still complaining? Just like the Israelites, many times, I'm talking to myself, at least in my own experience, we are still longing for the food of the Egyptian or the things of the world. Do you agree? And that is a challenge many times because we want to get it, but yet we know God is not going to give it to us, right? And that's why we complain and complain and murmur and we blame God when we have these challenges and problems. But the Bible says, But He, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea, many of time turned He His anger and did not stir up all His wrath. Psalm 78, 38. Despite of all the complaining and murmuring, God did what? He forgave them. And this is the God that we are serving. You know, as I was going through the depressed moment, you know, I was telling God, Lord, forget it, all this stress. I don't know why, all this year, I'm still facing more challenges one after another. I won't have to share with you all right now what is the challenges that we are facing, but God is merciful. He always finds ways and means. And the least He will do, He will comfort us through His Word. What I want to encourage you right now is that when we are in our deepest, our greatest challenge, when the moment we stop praying, when the moment we are tempted to stop studying the Word of God, that is the moment we need to pray. Amen? That is the moment we need God the most. Because that is the weakest moment of our life and Satan will use that opportunity to tempt us, to draw us further away from God. That is the time we need to pray. And that is what I've learned throughout this week. And not only that, what was Israelite's greatest problem? So God did all these miracles. He opened the Red Sea. There's a cloud um, at night. There's a, pillar of, there's a pillar of fire at night. There's a cloud in the morning. God did all this miracle. He won the battle for them, but the Bible says they forgot His word. I really like this quote. She said, We have nothing to fear for the future except as we shall forget the way the Lord has led us and His teaching in our past history. Many times we may fear for the future, we may fear for challenges and trials, but yet, unless we remember what the Lord had done in our past, we cannot move forward. Amen? We need to remember what and how the Lord, the Lord had led us. 
And when we were, when we reminded ourselves, it gave us encouragement. It gave us faith to move forward. So I was reflecting upon my life the past week、um, on how God led me in the past.、Um, you know, today my sermon is very simple, and in fact, I want to tell you a story. It's a real story. I want to tell you what have God done in my life when I first became a Christian, and that experience really deepened my walk with God and allowing me to continue my Christian journey even until right now. You want to hear a story? Four years ago, I I was not I was baptized about、uh, at two thousand thirteen, for thirteen or fourteen. So I went to Anan about four four years ago. Oh, I would say five years ago now. It's two thousand twenty. Five years ago, when I first started my study in Anan, and、um, the reason why I choose Anan because I really had no idea what should I do in life. You know, my parents couldn't afford me to study any any college.、Um, we got no money for for study, and so Anan was the last option. And the best thing is. It was for free, so why not, right? The best thing, the free stuff is always the best, right? So I enrolled myself、uh, in Anan to study. I needed a smartphone to read books, and those days, Pastor Ben was my my first Bible teacher. I remember、uh, before Salt officially started,、um, Pastor Ben was teaching in Anan, and so I I really needed a phone. I I don't have a computer, laptop for my study. I was 18 back then. I was so broke, really poor, and <laughs> all my friends used all the latest gadget, the iPhones, the i the latest gadget that time was iPhone 5s, and I was using my keypad Nokia, you know, <laughs> those without color. I was like, Lord, I need a phone to study. I have nothing, you know, and I need to download these Allen White apps, the Bible in the phone, and I need to read、uh, my ebook in in the phone. So I was praying so hard to God to buy a phone. So that I could store all the books, and my parents gave me、um, 150 ringgit every month,、uh, a month. So I would save 50 ringgit a month. So every month I would save up 50 ringgit. You, you know, Sean. There was one time Sean told me like, how could you survive with my, your current salary right now? <laughs> But anyway, I managed to survive. You know, I managed to survive with 150 ringgit a month. So why not, right? <laughs> so I managed to save up 50 ringgit every month. I would spend hundred ringgit for tithe for my phone card and some stuff.、Um, to give you an, an idea, how do I even save up the money? Even when I was kind of poor, I don't eat out. So you know, most of the time, my friend would go out and eat. You know, every Saturday night, they will spend、uh, money in the night market. I would stay at home、uh, at the dorm and do my study. I would study、uh, every day, and so it took me about four months to save to save up two、uh, hundred ringgit. Uh, I know a friend who have a thousand ringgit every month for pocket money. But it took me four months, few months to save up two hundred ringgit. So one 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 day, my friend told me he's about to sell his old phone. He bought a new one. It's a rich Adventist kid.、Um, <laughs> he agreed to sell me his phone, and so it was a first generation. Um, Samsung Galaxy was a big one, 
So I, I said, wow, this is a, the great phone. This is what I needed. It has a big screen. Uh, it's a smartphone. I'm about to throw away my dumb phone. I was so happy. <laughs> so I say, I was quite happy. And I, I remember I was quite worried at the time because I'm afraid he would sell his phone to other people. And, and I'm afraid, I'm worried that I couldn't hand the money on time. So he wanted to sell his phone for 500 ringgit. So I agreed. I said, I told him, you know what? I'm going to get it. Alright? I'm going to get it. And he gave me a period of one month time. And uh, so a few weeks passed by. Guess what? I got no money. <laughs> I have 200 ringgit left. Alright? That's all that I had. How can, you, how can you earn 200 ringgit in a few weeks' time? Alright? I mean, you are studying. You know, if you are working in Aenon, you got not much pay, they pay you like five bucks an hour. How can you <laughs> save up 300 and get um, to buy that phone? And so my worry grew. I remember he came to me, you know, and asked me, Peter, you have to fix the date. And due to the urgency of my need, I told him, you know, next week, I'm going to give you the money. I'm making a leap of faith. I say, next week, I'm going to give you the money. So I have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I need to find another 300 ringgit to close the deal. Alright? Guess what? The first day passed by, the second day followed, and I'm still unable to get the money. I don't want to burden my parents, so I'm stressing out. Lord, what should I do? I really need this money for study. And as I was talking, as I was getting worried, a thought flashes through my mind. Say, why not you borrow? Why not you ask your cousins for money? Why not you borrow? Right? That is at least that is what I can do. So eventually, I decided to text my cousin, and I told him all my needs, and I say, can I borrow two hundred ringgit? I was a little bit shy to ask for a lot of money. So I tell him, I just need 200 ringgit. And I will figure out, um, I didn't tell him I need I needed 300. I told him 200. And I told myself, I'm going to figure out how can I get the, the other 100 ringgit. So after I sent a message, I was praying really hard. I was praying, Lord, please touch his heart, you know, <laughs> to borrow me the 200 ringgit that I needed. And so the moment I say amen, you know what happened? He replied. Literally, few seconds after I say amen, he replied the message. He told me, Peter, do you remember I owe you a Christmas gift last year that I'm not managed to fulfill? I think I'm going to fulfill it this time. I'm going to give you, you don't have to borrow, I'm going to give you 300 ringgit as a Christmas gift. What did I ask? I want to borrow 200. And now, not only I don't have to pay it back, he gave me the exact amount of what I needed, what I need. And that is, that was the first experience that I had with God, that I knew God really hear my prayer. And he worked out a miracle. You want to hear another story? I only prepare one, but... <laughs> Alright, I can share one more before we close. It was 
um, before Chinese New Year, you know, again, I only have a few hundred bucks, 200 something bucks, and um, maybe 20, 30 ringgit of worth of uh, money to take a public transport back um, to my hometown to celebrate Chinese New Year. And so, at that time, I remember the church is raising funds. So they needed a, a big amount of money to, to build the church. And, no, I think I have only 50 bucks left in my bank account. <laughs> I was really broke uh, for some reason. Um, so I heard that the church needed money. And as a Christian, you know, I knew that I should do my part to help the church, right? And so I was praying, Lord, what can I do? You know, I got no money. If I, want, if I were to work, how many hours do I need to work <laughs> to get a lot of money, you know, to support the church. So I was thinking, oh, I started to remember my cousin, he gave me two bottles of really expensive perfume. That perfume cost like, it can cost like eight months of my saving. It's about 400 ringgit. And the other one is about 600 ringgit. It was crazy. He spent a kind of money uh, for perfume. But uh, anyway, I was blessed to have that gift. So I said, then I learned that my teacher from Germany, like to use perfume. So I got this idea. Why not I sell my perfume to my teacher? And once I get the money, I can use it for to donate to church, right? And that's what I did. I managed to sell the perfume. It was a loss. In a, in a business perspective, it was dumb. But for the Lord's sake, I don't care. <laughs> so <clears throat> I sold that perfume for 150 ringgit. And so, I know, but anyway... It was my Bible teacher. What can you expect, right? <laughs> I mean, why would you sell him expensive stuff? He was a Bible teacher. They don't earn much. So I sold him 50 ringgit. <clears throat> so altogether, I donated almost all the money that I have, 200 ringgit, to the church. And that's all I have. And uh, I've been struggling whether I can go back home to my hometown for Chinese near. Anyway, so the, the next Sabbath, was the last Sabbath I'm going to spend before Chinese New Year. I was about to go back. Uh, or maybe, I can't remember the time, but... <clears throat> so, I remember uh, a church member came to me. So, she brought me a, 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 a gift. It was a new Sabbath pants. You know why? <laughs> I always wear the same clothes every Sabbath. You know, I've been wearing this clothes for eight years. <laughs> I always wear the same clothes. I think she's tired of it. So <laughs> she bought me a new, new pants, a black pants. And so I was very happy. So I went back to my door. I opened up. There's a, inside the pants, she put money. All right? She put a hundred ringgit. That's not the end of the story. All right? It's a more exciting one. She put a hundred ringgit uh, in, in the pants. All right? And then, just before I'm leaving um, back to my hometown, one of the uh, a church member, he, he, uh, Dr. Lee's wife, she said, Peter, can you come to me? Uh, come to my house. I want to give you something as a Chinese New Year gift. So she, she buy me a lot of stuff, um, you know, Chinese cookies, um, New Year cookies, and stuff like that. And she gave me a, a, a red packet. All right? Uh, we call, Chinese, we call it Ang Pao. I was really happy. And so... After I left the house, I went back to my dorm and I opened up the, the envelope. And guess, what, how, guess how much it is? It was a hundred ringgit. So I received a hundred ringgit from 
and a church member, another 100 ringgit from Dr. Lee's wife. And all together is 200 ringgit, the exact amount that I gave to the church. And that experience really helped me to realize God is good. And um, He provides. He knows our need, right? But yet many of times, I realize I complain so much. It is because I was just too busy with life and I've for- forgotten what He has done. What He has done in my life. I don't know what is your struggle right now. I have no idea what is your challenge today. Neither do I understand what are you going through. But Satan wants to destroy our relationship with God. He always finds an opportunity. And he always wants to sow unbelief in us. But never buy into Satan's trap. It may be you are facing a financial problem, or maybe your family members are facing some challenges. Or it is a sin that you have been struggling with, and you are thinking that God cannot forgive you. Or maybe you just lose your job. Or maybe it's not an external factor. It is more internal. Maybe you are depressed or whatever situation you are in. I want you to come to God through prayer and the study of His Word. Because that is the moment that you need Him the most instead of distant away from Him. Before I invite the worship team to come and sing the closing song, I want to share the story behind the hymns that we are about to sing. So, Louis, Louisa was born in 1850 in England. In 18, 1871, she came to the United States and settled down in Ohio. She had hoped to become a missionary but was prevented by her ill health. Um, in, in 1875, <clears throat> she married and she married to Mr. Steed. And so this couple, they finally had a daughter called Lily. So on one beautiful sunny day, they decided to have a picnic. So Louisa went with her husband and her four-year-old daughter to uh, a, a Long Island Sound, an island. During her picnic, during their picnic, they heard a young man crying. And so they saw, Mr. Steed saw a young man was drowning, and without hesitation, he ran for the rescue. But sadly, Mr. Steed and the boy both drowned, while Louisa and Lily watched helplessly, helplessly through this tragedy. So now Louisa was left a widow with Lily, without support, and soon, sooner and quickly they became destitute. They have no food, they have no money to buy food, and they reached a point of utter despair. There's no way out, no money. And back on those days, it's hard for a woman to find a job. On a day that began like another, you know, Louisa prayed, but one day he heard a sound at the door. So when she opened it, she found a parcel on her front doorstep, but she couldn't see anyone at the door. And when she looked inside, and guess what? She discovered a small gift of food and money. And this has been happening over and over again. She will found a parcel in front of a door, and when she opened it, 
she found no one. And every time her need were supplied. And Louisa started to learn to lean on God and trust in Him, and that faith inspired the writing of the hymn, This So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. Friends, in this life, there will always be difficulties, but let us trust in Him. And our Heavenly Father has a thousand ways to provide for us of which we know nothing. Amen? Let's sing this song, This So Sweet to Trust in Jesus.